We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Today we get to continue in this journey in this new series called Red, White, and Bruised. And I'm going to be talking today about if you want to fix your country, this is where you start. Let's get into it. So when I was a little kid, um, there was this game that kids love to play. I, I don't, well, I take that back. I don't believe that any kid loves to play this game. It's one of those games that, that's played on you. It's called Monkey in the Middle. And when I was a kid, I used to hang out with the older kids all the time. And so I ended up being usually the smallest guy in the crowd. And so it didn't matter which game we were playing. It could be basketball, dodgeball, volleyball, anything with the ball. If uh, at some point in the game, the taller kids would keep the ball from me and play this game called monkey in the middle. And there's not a single person who likes to be the monkey in the middle. I don't even think it's like one of those games that people say, hey, let's play monkey in the middle. No, it's a spontaneous game that occurs whenever there's a smaller person in the game. It's frustrating. Being in the middle can be frustrating. And so what I want to talk to you guys about today is that uh, for the healing of our nation to occur, it begins with us praying in the middle, not playing in the middle, but praying in the middle. The healing of our nation begins with us praying in the middle. Where do you start? In the middle. If you've been around church for a long time, you might have heard a word called intercessing or intercessory prayer. That's what I'm calling. That's what I'm referring to when I say praying in the middle. So just to kind of keep to catch us up as to what's happening here, uh, Moses has been leading his people through a great breakthrough uh, by, by taking them out of the land of Egypt where they've been slaves for 400 years. And they've gone from breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. But now they've come to a point where they are breaking down. They're breaking down. Uh, God has led Moses to go into Pharaoh's uh, throne room and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And, and they've gone through seven plagues and they've seen God's hand miraculously deliver them and give them a breakthrough out of Egypt. They've seen the Red Sea parted. They've seen all kinds of miracles, but they're still breaking down. They're still breaking down. So, so after breakthrough, after breakthrough, God's like, listen, I want to take you into the promised land. The time that you've wanted, the, the, the thing that, you, that is going to be a fulfillment of every promise I made to your forefathers is about to happen. I'm going to take you to the land that I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They, have, they, they long to look into these things come to pass. And now it's your moment. He says, let's leave this mountain. But instead of them leaving the mountain the way that God said, instead of them going into the land and occupying it, they compromised. They compromised. And so Moses finds himself in the middle of a compromised people, a compromised nation that's trying to, 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 to um, uh, enter into promise, but they are, they are completely stuck because they're breaking down. Here's the thing about it. Christians, Christians are called to be in the middle. Jesus came to be in the middle. As a minister of reconciliation, our calling and our calling card as believers is to be people who stand in the middle of people, of, of nations, of, of the world that's falling apart, that's stuck in a breakdown. And, and we, are, we are the ones who are bridging the gap between God and people. 
God uses people in the middle. I mean, if you even look at the characters in the Bible that are used by God, it's like God calls Moses. Moses is raised Egyptian, but he's Hebrew, and so he can be in the middle. Jesus, when, when God sends his son, Jesus is God, yet he becomes man, so he can mediate between both God and man. He can, he can completely fill us, feel us as people, but yet he's also divine. God uses people in the middle. So Moses is caught between God and the people. Here's what I want to say. I want to say this. I want to say that people who pray for their nation are standing in the middle. If you want to see your nation healed, if you want to see your nation fixed, start here. The middle is the best place to start where you intercede, where you go before God and, and you plead for your nation. You plead for your people. You fight for your families in the middle of prayer. So we pick up our story in Numbers chapter 14, verse 11 and 12. It says this, And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me after all the miraculous signs that I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. Listen. What's happening here is, is, is straight out of Marvel. It's straight, it's straight out of the Avenger movies. God wants to Thanos snap the Israelites out of oblivion. He literally wants to start over. He wants to reset. He's like, listen, I, I, I've shown these guys breakthrough after breakthrough. And here they are breaking down after breaking down. They've done the golden calf thing. They've done all these things. And I, I, why do they treat me with contempt? I'm done. I'm fed up. Let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever worked with people that just don't get it? They don't appreciate. They feel entitled. They, they, do you have people who live, little humans who live in your house? They eat and they consume. They don't know where the money comes from, but they know where the refrigerator is. And yet they feel as if uh, that, that everything belongs to them. And, 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 and you, you, you love them and you show them and you, you, you nurture for them. And, and yet they never seem to get it. The Israelites were literally spiritual teenagers or toddlers, whichever one you want to take. You love them, but man, sometimes you get fed up. So God, God's like this. He's like, I'm done. I'm over. It's over. I'm fed up. And here's the thing about it. I believe that God takes them through this process or responds this way, not necessarily because he's like us who lose it whenever uh, 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 something takes place, whenever there's a relationship that goes bad, but rather God is trying to get Moses to understand and, 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 and receive a revelation of who God is at a deeper uh, and more profound way. And it's for us. It's for us to see God this way. Verse 13, we pick up verse 13 and there's, there's three words there. It says, but Moses objected. Moses objected. When Moses objected, he became the man in the middle. When Moses objected, he went to a place where healing begins, where he could bridge the gap between God and humanity, God and Israel, God and America. He went to the middle. If we want to see our nation healed, it starts here. It starts with us going to the middle. One of the things about prayer is that prayer is an argument of the heart or hearts. It's an argument of hearts. It's my heart versus God's heart. It's my heart finding God's heart. My heart finding God's heart. So if you're taking notes, point number one, 
Praying in the middle is about getting God into me more than it is about getting me into God. Praying in the middle is about getting God into me more than it's about getting me into God. Let's read in verse 13. But Moses objected. What will the Egyptians think when they hear about it? He asked the Lord. They know full well the power you displayed in rescuing your people from Egypt. Now, if you destroy them, the Egyptians will send a report to the inhabitants of this land who have already heard that you live among your people. They know, Lord, that you have appeared to your people face to face and that your pillar of cloud hovers over them. They know that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you slaughter all these people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will say, the Lord was not able to bring them into the land he swore to them. So he killed them in the wilderness. In other words, he's saying the, the, the people will know that you're good. You're a good God, but not good enough. You couldn't get the job done. You're a lame duck God. We go on verse 17. Please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you have claimed. For you said the Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even, ch the, even children in the third and fourth generations. In keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, please pardon the sins of this people just as you have forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. What we're seeing here, my friends, is a profound revelation of who God is in a simple prayer. A simple yet profound and powerful prayer. The prayer of intercession, the prayer of being in the middle is not one where you're trying to say, God, these people are awesome. You don't want to destroy them, but rather it's God. Let me remind you of how you revealed yourself to me, how you've revealed yourself to your people. And more than that, the people that don't even know you, they don't even worship you, your enemies, they know you to be this way. So number one here, it's showing, it's showing God's reputation. It says, the Egyptians will send a report to the people of this land of how you rescued them. Secondly, it's revealing how God has delivered, rescuing them from Egypt. It's, it's revealing how God has revealed himself to, the, to this people. It says that you have appeared to them and, 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 and spoken to them face to face. These people have never seen a God that can show up in the lives of his people this way. This is so profound. It's revealing a character about a God who has led them how he went before them, how he did not abandon them, how he pulled them out of Egypt and then he guided them. It's revealing a God who has power. In verse 17, it literally says, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you have claimed. Verse 18 shows us a revelation of who God is in, in regards to his loving kindness, his grace. It says the Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. He's saying this is who we found you to be. This is who we've re researched you to be. This is how we've experienced you. You're slow to anger and your love never fails. It never gives up. Your love is reckless. 
It, 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 it finds us in our dark places. It finds us in our hard places and it pulls us out. And no matter what I've done, no matter how long I've done it, no matter who I've done it with, you still are a God who forgives us. Your love and mercy, your forgiveness is revealed. Keeping, keeping in line with your magnificent love, as verse 19 says. No, notice how Moses doesn't say, hey, God, listen, I, I, know, I know you want to throw these guys out. I know you want to Thanos snap them out of, out of existence. I know you want to just pull, pull the plug and, and reset. But, but, but wait, have you tried, have you checked out the, the tribe of Benjamin? Those guys are really, really funny. Have you checked out the, the tribe of Judah? They know how to pray. Have you checked out the attributes of these people? No, he doesn't come to God and intercede for his people based on who the people are. He comes to God and intercedes based on who God is. Listen, when you pray, in the middle, when you pray in the middle, it is a reflection of who God is that you must bring into that prayer. Whenever we negotiate, let's see here in human nature, whenever we're negotiating and trying to try to like, you know, intercede in a, in a business deal or or, or negotiate or, or or be the the mediator in a, in a dispute, we're oftentimes trying to find the good in every party. But when we come to God, we must come to a place where we realize, yes, we messed up and we just need forgiveness. But you're a God who forgives. You're a God who guides. You're a God who shows power. You're a God who shows up. You're a God that rescues. You're a God that is a, a magnificent God that has a reputation, that, 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 that cares about his reputation. The only one good is God. Point, point number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Praying in the middle is a reflection of your love for people gone bad. Praying in the middle is a reflection of your love, your personal love for a people gone bad or a nation gone bad. Moses objects because he loves his people and he's willing to intervene for his people. He's willing to lay down his life. He's willing to go before a holy God and say, God, I know that your will is great and you want to do this and, and that you have every right. You're justified. The people have rebelled. The people have gone sideways. The people have, have literally uh, treated you with contempt. However, however, even though they deserve destruction, you're a good God. You're a God that, that forgives. The only thing that would motivate Moses to do this is that he had to have a love for his people. Now, now if, you, if you're paying attention, just before this passage, the people have tried to kill Moses. They literally tried to stone him with stones. He, he was at his death and God had to protect him. And now, now if, if, if it was me, if I was Moses, I'd have been like, you know what, God, you want to take care of these guys? These guys literally just try to kill me with, by stoning me. Wipe them out. It will just be you and me. We could start a whole new nation. But Moses had a love for his people. Let me tell you something. If we want, if we want to fix our nation, if we want to bring healing to our nation, we need to have a love for our people, even though they may not vote like we vote, think like we think, sin the way that we sin. Whatever it is that divides us, we must still, by the power of the Spirit of God, love and go before God from a place of love. Praying in the middle is a reflection of your love 
for people gone bad. These people have, have gone bad. They, 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 they are so rock bottom that they believe that they belong back in Egypt, back in slavery. But Moses is like, no, it's for freedom that Christ has, has set us free. It's for freedom that we've been brought out of Egypt. He wants better for his people. So here's, here's some aspects, uh, uh, point number, number, number three here uh, of how you're, you're to pray when you pray in the middle. When you pray in the middle, be bold. When you pray in the middle, be purposeful. When you pray in the middle, be clear with God so you can be clear with yourself. Moses came to God. The only reason why, why Moses could even go and object, Moses objected to God. Like, like who objects to God? Let me tell you who objects to God. The person who objects to God is a person who has relationship with God. That's where boldness comes from. The Bible literally tells us that, that he has given us a spirit of boldness that allows us to enter into the throne and cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. My, my kids, my kids are funny. You know, we've been during this whole quarantine and social distancing, Zoom meetings have become the norm and, and Zoom meetings have been the, the thing. And the thing about my kids is that I could be in a, on a very important meeting on a Zoom call and they'll run into my home office and not care what's happening on the screen because they have something to say to daddy. They have something of great importance. Daddy, Jazzy or sister or brother took my toy and it's important. You have to intervene. My kids will interrupt me. When I'm in a meeting, they'll interrupt me. When I'm in the bathroom, it's as if when you have kids, I have four kids, all of them are, are, are age of six and, and under, uh, from one to six years old, and they, because of relationship, they can enter into any space that's sacred to me, any sacred meeting, and enter in with boldness, with purpose, and with clarity as to what they need. When we pray in the middle, be bold, be purposeful, and be clear with God. Praying in the middle brings about forgiveness and the opportunity to break the cycle of sin. Praying in the middle brings about forgiveness and the opportunity to break the cycle of sin. Verse 20 says this, it says, then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested. But as surely as I live, as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter the land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. So I'll bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess a full share, their full share of that land. Now turn around and don't go toward the land of the Amalekites and the Canaanites where they live. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Listen, my friends, praying in the middle brings about forgiveness and the opportunity to break the cycle of sin. Forgiveness does not mean a lack of consequences. Forgiveness doesn't mean that there's somebody that doesn't pay the price of the trespass of the sin that was committed. God gives a forgiveness, but it's conditioned. It's conditional based on someone. The people who have treated him with contempt must suffer the consequence of it. 
They've confessed in their hearts, but they've not repented. God will forgive you, but sometimes he allows you to learn from your consequence to break the cycle of disobedience. And he had, he had to let this generation die so that they could not carry that same culture of disobedience, of, of, of desiring Egypt into the promised land. God had to break the bad. Listen, Jesus prayed for us in the middle and got us to the promised land. Because here's what happened with Jesus. First Timothy chapter two, verse five, it says, there's one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Moses was in the middle for his people, but we have a better Moses. We have a better experience into entering the land of promise. This story isn't just about the Israelites. This story isn't just about an old nation and, 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 and ancient Israel. It's about us. It's about, it's about humanity. It's about America. It's about your neighbor. It's about the people you work with. It's about a God who sends his son to be the one who, who stands in the gap in the middle. And, and even though he prays in the middle, here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus not only comes as, as a better Moses, he comes as one who goes and prays and intercedes for us in the middle, but also takes the consequence. He stands in the gap. And so here's what happens in the grand scheme and the grand story of humanity. Our father, Adam, was put in a garden created by God's own hands into a perfect place. And when him and Eve decided to go against God. God said that you will surely die. He says, I'm going to Thanos snap humanity and start all over. But somewhere because of his profound love for us, his steadfast mercy, his magnificent, unfailing love that forgives us, decided to send a second Adam named Jesus who would come as the one who prays for us in the middle, who lives a perfect life for us in the middle, who goes to the cross and dies for us in the middle and is resurrected on the third day. Jesus came and stood in the gap for us in the middle. He did more than just pray for us. He took on the consequences of our sin. He became sin that knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He died our desert death, our death in the wasteland. He took on that death so we may see the promised land that he promised us. My friends, knowing this, my question is simple. Who do you need to be in the middle for? You've been reconciled. You've been brought back out of death and into life. Who do you need to be a Moses in the middle, to be the monkey in the middle in order to see God work in the lives of the people that live in your neighborhood, in your home, in your community, in your city, in your state, in our country. If healing is to happen, it starts here in the middle. Who can you pray for right now? Who can you stand in the gap for? Who sins differently than you that you can be in the middle for? Who votes differently than you that you can be in the middle for?
whose philosophies are different than you, that you can be in the middle for. It's not about who they are and the attributes that they, they bring to the table. It's about who is God. He's a God who brings people out of slavery, who leads them, who shows his power, who's slow to anger, who has steadfast love. Prayer in the middle is an argument of my heart and my philosophy and aligning with who God is. Reminding me of who he is. And when he responds, he pardons the people and he gives them Jesus who takes on their sin so they may have his life and his promise. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.